Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, another episode of Full Profits Podcast. Stay Ready Athletics, the coach, the trainer, Kevin Gleason. Peace, brother. How you doing? How's everything, man? I appreciate you having me on. Man, coach, I appreciate you taking time. I, I love boxing. Boxing is uh, something I grew up on. Uh, it's, it's, it's something that stayed with me even to in, in the older, the more seasoned stages of my life where I'm not really into it as as much physically, but I still watch and I love watching boxing as well. So uh, you were one of the guys who I I, I, I saw and I was like, oh, I got, I, I want to see if I can get him on my on my, on my podcast and, and have a conversation with him. Absolutely, man. All, all right, so you had me on. Yes, sir. So how did you get into boxing? Uh, I started boxing when I was about 13 years old. Um, <clears throat> I've always kind of had a competitive uh, attitude in anything I've done. You know, uh, I started playing baseball at a young age, and then from there it was hockey. And um, I just kind of fell into boxing. I always had an interest with it as a kid. Um, and there was a local police athletic league, uh, Pines Police Athletic League, probably about, you know, 20 minutes down the street from my house. I told my dad I wanted to box. Um, and then the next day I came home and he took me over there and it was, uh, it was just a community police athletic league gym. And, uh, just went from there, man. Um, started boxing when I was about 13 years old and just on and off with it for a long time, trading it off with other sports, like, um, you know, again, baseball, hockey, I wrestled in high school. Um, and then as I got a little bit older, I got a little bit more serious with it. Um, as far as coaching goes, you know, I kind of like took a hold of me and you know what I mean? I, I wound up just, you know, having to get a job, et cetera, et cetera. And I was just working out of the gym with a guy that I used to train with um, a former fighter. He opened up his own gym, long story short, he opened up his own gym, asked me if I'd come over there and, and help him get ready for his fights. And that's originally, I was just a sparring partner, um, helping him get ready for some of his fights, helping him spar. And then I'd hold mitts from occasionally he would teach me how to hold mitts. And then uh, from there, I started helping out with some of the, the guys at his gym. And then it just kind of grew into what it is now, man, in a, in a nutshell. Okay. How, how much, how, how, how far did you take wrestling? How, did, how, how, how good were you at wrestling? I was decent in wrestling. It was never, for me, it was just one of those things. My, uh, again, my dad kind of wanted me to do something um, in high school, you know, playing for, for the, the school itself or competing. So, you know, coming from a boxing background, a little bit of a physical background, I was like, you know what? I didn't know anything about football, still don't know anything about football. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to wrestle. I think it seems a little bit easier of a transition for me. So um, I just wrestled two years, my ninth and 10th grade. And then that was it, man. To, to be honest with you, my my academics didn't hold up, man. You have to have a, a pretty good uh, GPA to continue to do things like that. Definitely, definitely. Um, and as far as I know from uh being able to to do boxing for a little bit most guys that have a decent or great background in wrestling they can hit pretty fucking hard so that's yeah, what i was I asking mean, yeah i feel like I, I i had some pretty good pop you know you know my punches and stuff like that yeah so i mean that, that makes sense because i think wrestlers are a little bit more uh grounded with their footwork they're more sat down than anything else so i, I could kind of see that actually make sense yeah, and then they're used to the crunching of the hands and grabbing yeah, and all yeah. that all that toil work that you guys do yeah, in wrestling. So sense. yeah, so definitely. Uh, because I knew I knew a couple guys that would come to the gym and they would they would do the the boxing workouts and they got familiar with sparring and 
they would land punches and you would look at him and go, Jesus Christ, man. Like, <laughs> and then you would ask him, like, yo, take something off of it. And he would go, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do nothing. Yeah. And you go, wait a minute. Yeah, you might you well, might want to box from now on instead yeah, of you know that yeah. makes sense actually now that you say it like that. I've never really thought about that because I've trained a lot of MMA fighters that mm-hmm. have a, a pretty big grappling base. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, they all they all have pretty good pop on their punches, probably yeah. because like you know, I said they're sitting down on their punches and then what you just said made a ton of sense with their you know their hand grappling and things like that. So yeah. Yeah, and now that you said the MMA, think about it. So you get the MMA guys in the gym. If yeah, I'm sure, like like you said, when they start punching, they can hit. And you look at the the Daniel Cormiers, the Kane Velasquez, it's like all those guys, like they they can crack. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I trained um Gilbert Burns for a little while, who comes from a, a massive grappling background. Oh, and shit. he was a he, you know he's definitely a puncher. So um yeah, it makes sense now that you said. I've never really thought about that. But you're oh right. man, I, I thought, thought about that transition. Everybody that I've been around that ever told me they, that they had a wrestling background, I always pay attention to them because something something with that that wrestling, yeah, that grappling, that, that the forearms, the and, forearms, and, and, yeah, yeah, for sure. like it it, yep. it 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 helps them deliver a punch somehow. Man, they they have some they have some pop on that motherfucker, man. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. but um, that's really how kind of you know came to me. I was always kind of trading it on and off with other sports, and then like I said, life things. You know, I never I didn't take boxing serious until um, you know, until I I, I took it serious for years when I was young, from probably like 13 to like 17. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, going into my senior year, I kind of just fell off with all sports and I was doing the, the typical senior thing where I was chasing girls and, and having a good time and things like that. Um, but I got serious about it. Like I said, I started helping out this, um, this former fighter. And uh, from there, you know, I just kind of I just fell into it. I tell people all the time when they ask me how I, I got into my coaching career, I just I legitimately fell into it by helping him out and then from there helping out a couple other guys and it just grew into what it is now okay all right so coach how often or if you want to say or not i will hope you would want to say sure all right so how often do guys come to the gym and can punch but they don't want to work on the basics of boxing like the fundamentals beginners or advanced either or either or you know um it depends on who you have. You know, I've worked with, like I said, I've, I've been privileged enough to work with some really good fighters, some of the best fighters in the world, you know. Um, and usually the the higher a guy's level is, the more they're actually willing to learn. And I've kind of made my system of coaching. I, I often tell guys and, and I kind of market it as, as if I'm more of a specialist than a boxing coach. Okay. You know, so when you come to me, I don't, I don't have any full-time fighters. I work with two guys full-time, but I don't have any other real full-time fighters besides uh, Lorenzo Medina, who just turned pro, um, and then Pistol Pete Dobson, who's uh, fighting actually in two weeks in Atlanta. Those are the only two guys that I work with extensively. Other than that, I have guys come in, and, and like I said, I'm kind of like a specialist where they'll come in work with me in their camp maybe once, twice, three times a week. You know, I'm not with them every day, so – Going back to what you were asking, um, the the more advanced and the 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 more the higher caliber guy is willing to work on whatever it is that you tell them. Awesome. It's usually, you know, it's usually the young individuals 
um, that want to come in the gym and, and think that they know everything and they want to work on what they want to work with. That's that's the funniest thing I've ever seen in, in this sport is you got these kids out here that are two and zero or three and zero or or just high level amateurs or whatever it is, and they want to tell you what it is that they want to work on. Right. And when I was, I'm 36 now, when I started off as a coach, I would go for that kind of thing. All right. You know, I got to get my experience. And some of these guys have a lot more experience and a lot more fights than I do. And I'm trying to build my, my name and my resume now where I'm at now, I I just don't go for that anymore as a coach, you know, Um, especially because I've built up a a pretty good resume with guys. they, They know that I have good credentials, so I don't deal with that kind of thing, but yeah, man, it happens. It happens quite often it used to happen to me quite a bit and I hear about it from other uh, coaches that I know guys coming in and thinking that they could just skip over the fundamentals and work on what is it what it is that they want to work on yeah. you know <clears throat> and, and, and that's the reason why I asked because being young I saw it and as an older older man uh, I'm in my 40s so when, when I see guys go into the gym and you're looking at them and you're going yo my man you should probably learn how to how to get your get your fundamentals straight like you should probably learn balance do you know what the yep. why why you why you need to be balanced <laughs> yep doing a course of a fight do you understand why you need to be balanced you know and it's just all this, oh man as long as i can hit i'll be okay like no 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 yep. hitting is the last part like that's the last thing you need to be worried about you need to be worried about everything else but hitting hitting it's should be the last thing it's, it's funny you say that because uh Roley's fighting Javante Davis and um you know that i know i I, i'm under the impression that they're obviously roley's camp is going to be you know looking for a big punch you know but you just like you said man he's a he's a bona fide puncher i'm going to give him that he the kid can crack but just like you said he he's missing his balance you know um his proper fundamentals you know and i hate that i'm not the kind of guy to throw shade because i'm not in their camp i don't know i would never jump to conclusions i just given from what i've seen it look, it seems like they're going to be going for that big punch, you know what I mean? But they're skipping out on a lot of things. You could be a bona fide puncher, but how do you get to that punch? You know what I mean? If you can't get there, we got a problem. If you can't use your jab, if you can't work, you know, boxing circles, step around on a guy, you're going to have a big time, hard time trying to find that big punch, you know? Yes, sir. Let, let's let's just use Tommy Hearns for 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 instance, the Motor City Cobra had a big right hand, but. It, you didn't get it until he was ready, until he had peppered well, you up. 100% breaking guys down. Yeah, until he had seasoned you are really yeah. good. Breaking then, you down. And that, yeah. You know, I think that that's a huge problem with um with a lot of coaches these days, man, is uh, they're not teaching the fundamentals like that and breaking guys down and, and showing them, just like you said. I mean, the, the first thing I do with a fighter, especially a young kid in amateur, is, is I try to teach him balance, you know, balance their footwork and the, the fundamentals of how to, how to stand and how to maneuver and move before anything else. You know what I mean? That, that stuff will come. Yeah. For those who don't understand when we say balance, balance, you, you need balance in anything, but especially in balance, you can't throw a punch correctly. If you're not on balance, you can't defend correctly. If you're not on balance and you can't return a counter shot. If you're not properly balanced, Balance is is very is, is one of the keys to 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 boxing. It's the most simplest shit in the world, and a lot of guys don't have it because they're so interested in just throwing punches. 
and oh. punches. You 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 can get to the punch. Like the punches are gonna come whether you are a hard hitter or not. You will get to that. But it's other things that you should be worried about before you get to throwing punches. And balance is one of the one of the one of the, the best things that you can have. You know, you don't worry about the punch. You got guys out there now that can punch and and, and it's not gonna get them nowhere. You know, it's going to get it's going to be exciting. The fights are going to be exciting. But when they run across a guy that can counter punch or that can move, all that's going to all that's going to go out the window. 100 percent. All right. So you you say you got two fighters. Yeah, yeah two fighters that I actively train right now. OK. OK. So did you build them up yourself? Uh, Lorenzo Medina. Yeah, I've been with him for um, on and off for a long time now. He's okay. um, 17 years old. He's a heavyweight. He just turned pro, um, okay. but I've been with him on and off since he was 10 years old, you oh, know? Wow. Yeah, so um, I've been with him for a long time. He just recently won the Nationals, mm. and then once he uh, once he won the Nationals, we turned him professional because it was very hard to get him fights at that weight. Um, it, it looked like the trajectory of his career, he was only going to be able to fight in the Nationals, and it was going to be tough to train a kid for a whole year without being active and getting any kind of competitive fight, so... Okay. You know, the, the, um, we, we decided it was probably best for him to go pro. He just had his pro debut in Mexico. He can't fight here in America yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he won. Uh, he knocked the guy on the first round. And then he will be fighting in August again for his second fight. And then we he'll be 18 years old in October. He's going to fight down here in Miami okay. um, for his third fight. Peter Dobson was a guy that came to us. He was already uh, 12-0. and 0. 11 and 0 or 12 and 0. He came from us. He's from uh, New York. Okay. Um, and he was already a guy that kind of been on the boxing scene. And he came to us during a time of, uh, you know, when the coronavirus was going around, it was hard to get fights. It was hard to stay active. I think he had some, um, some inactivity for about a year plus time. So we kind of just basically put him back on the map. Um, and he just came off of, uh, he's going to be looking to go 16 and 0. Uh, in two weeks, June, June 11th in Atlanta. Um, so he came to us. We've been, we've been together now for about uh, four years. I co-trained him with um, Jeff Ports, who's another trainer down here. Um, so we've been together for about four fights. Yeah, about four fights now, four or five fights. So, you know, like I said, I've been in that position where I've had, you know, guys for a long time. I've trained – I've had, you know, seven, eight guys in camp at once, you know, a big, busy gym. And uh, for me, I think as I got a little bit older, I started to kind of learn what worked for me and what didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great because you're busy and you have all these fighters you're constantly working with. But at the same time, you know, it, it felt like for me personally, I was pouring from an empty glass. You know, when you have seven, eight fighters you're training. It's hard to kind of focus. Yeah, it's hard to focus. Um, you don't really have a lot of time for your own self. Yeah. It was just getting a little bit crazy. I'd rather, you know, the the – the path that I'm taking now that my trajectory is I'm going to take on three fighters and that's it. I will no longer have any more than three fighters at a time, you know, unless somebody obviously presents some, some super skill sets to me or something I can't say no to, but um, it's hard, man. When you have all those guys, man, I, 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 several times through my coaching career, I've been coaching for about, about nine years now. I've had, you know, seven, eight, nine guys that I'm training, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and three or four of them are at, at a camp at a time or, you know, you got two guys in the camp at one time, you get done and there's no break, 
these fighters, what a lot of people don't understand is coaches don't get time off. You know what I mean? Like a fighter will go into a camp for six, eight weeks, and then he'll take his two weeks, three weeks, or even a month off where I'm just getting ready for the next one and the next one and the next one. So it was tough in that sense, um, you know, balancing out my life. And as I got a little bit older, I realized that was kind of something that that worked better for me because I could focus on these guys more and their development yeah. Yeah. Um, and what it is that they need to work on. So I'm enjoying the space I'm in now as far as that goes. Yeah, and that's definitely like a, a key to like uh, being a great coach, right? Is when you actually build a guy from the ground up and you're able to see his his career flourishing and go through the the peaks and valleys and and, mm-hmm. and the successes of it all. Because I know that has to be, I know that has to be not only uh, mentally exhausting for you, but as well as the fighters to know that a he never gets a chance to get to me or you don't get a chance to get to him because I got this guy and this guy needs to work on pads and this guy needs to work on conditioning and this guy needs to do, I need to get back to this guy because he's doing the jab wrong and it's all these different fighters that you have to uh, be attentive to. Yeah, man. I'm I'm quite sure that at at some point you had to go, yo, I I, I need to cut this shit down. You just get burned out. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And and when you're, you know, I think every coach goes through those moments of trying to establish their name in this business um and and they're trying to you know build their resume so you have to do that in the beginning and when you're young like that you can afford to do that you could put your body through it your mind as you get a little bit older you know there's a lot more on the plate so um yeah I was I was just going through so much burnout on and off where I didn't feel like I was really getting a break you know what I mean and I would I would have to just completely shut my engine down and it was just getting to be too much man I I really enjoy the space that I'm in now where you know, I have my two fighters, two, three fighters. I have a couple amateurs I work with. And then I, you know, I, I work with my clients, my regular fitness boxing clients. And I do my classes and I, and I love that space that I'm in now. The, the first kid you said, Medina, will you just l- continue to let him box down in Mexico to just get that experience until he's, until he's a uh, no, pro here? No, he's, um, yeah, right now he can't fight, um, here in America, like I was saying. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, he has one more fight in August out there, and then we're going to, you know, start turning him over here. And then once that's done, I mean, Mexico was just a, a place we had to land. It was kind of like we were trying to go the Devin Haney route where he had took, you know, several fights out there because he had turned pro at such a young age. I think he was 17 years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, the difference is, is you know, Lorenzo's a heavyweight. So we can't keep fighting him like that. Like, I, I believe Devin Haney fought, you know, like seven times in the year. Mm-hmm. You know, heavyweights, man, you know, you, they don't have that kind of – uh lifespan on their career like that so you don't want it to go take them to and especially a 17 year old that much abuse you know what i mean on their bodies and stuff. Yeah, you, so you don't want to burn them out um, yeah originally we were going to have him fight i think uh, about three or four times in mexico and then his fifth fight professionally would be here in miami but uh we decided to kind of pull back from that he's going to fight in august and then in october when he turns 18 he'll be fighting down here in miami and then from wherever that happens you know we'll see what happens Okay. My uh, question, my other question about your two fighters or three, are they, and there's no disrespect to them, are they robots or painters? Do they just do what you say or do they have a, a specific way of doing things? Like, do they just, are they able to just see what you're saying and they do it their own specific way? Because, you know, some guys, they can just go in and just do, and they just know how to yeah. do what you, what you say. Yeah. Do. Um, Lorenzo does whatever it is that we're at, we ask of him. You mm-hmm. know, he's a young kid and he, he trusts in his coaches. Um, whatever it is that we need from him and he I has think, time um, he's young he's he's young yeah, yeah. He's, he's young you know he does whatever it is that and that's you know you love those kind of guys right yeah. those guys that are gonna you know do what you need and 
and not ask questions and, you know, just get it done. Uh, Lorenzo definitely like that. Most of the guys that I work with are like that, you know, with a guy who's, you know, kind of, like I said, you know, a, a little bit more seasoned like Pete, you know, I, I think that at least from my perspective, I give him the room to, you know, game plan with me or come up with a game plan that he likes. And we kind of go back and forth, you know, and that's the creativity. I always say that a good coach needs a great fighter, mm-hmm. you know, because the truth of the matter is I don't know everything, nor does, sorry, Pete, or, you know, any of these, you know, guys, uh, you know, Canelo Alvarez, uh, any of these guys, nobody, you can, there's, there's so much more room for growth. Yeah. So with somebody like Pete, you know, I, I've been working with him, like I said, for about two years now, we've had about four fight camps together. Sometimes, you know, we'll go back and forth and pick each other's brains on little things that we like or don't like, you know, I'm never that kind of coach to be like, this is what I like, this is what you should do, you know, and some coaches work off that and that, that works for them. Right. But for me personally, um, if I, if I think that you're a smart enough fighter, mm-hmm. you know, I, I believe in picking your mind. What do you, what do you see? Especially if we game plan for a specific guy, what do you see that you, you know, this guy does is what I see, you know, and you come together with that, you know what I mean? But some guys, man, some fighters, everybody's different, right? Some guys, you need to tell them what to do. Other guys kind of are going to come to the, you know, the plate and already know what they need to do and how to get it done. You know, I'm lucky that I've been able to train a guy like Pete because he's, like I said, for a younger guy, he's a very crafty veteran, you know, minded individual. Um, and he'll show me something sometimes in the gym. And I'm, I'm, I put my ego aside just to pick his brain and vice versa. Yeah, that's a good thing, though. Like you said, uh, good coaches need great fighters. So um, he's seeing something different when he's actually working out or when he's in a ring with an actual fighter and you're seeing something from the outside looking in so you need, you need you need those two things to kind of like go back and forth because either you're going to be you're going to help him or or he's going to be able to help you see see what he's saying and it'll translate during the course of a fight yeah and that's you know i think that's what i was saying with you know a good coach needs a good fighter and vice versa it keeps you sharp it keeps you wanting to grow you know, wanting to, I'm a big time learner. You know, I, I'm constantly trying to watch fights, study as much film as I can on past, present fighters. Um, and that's such an important thing. And when you have somebody that's a really good fighter like that, you constantly want to learn to show them new things or try to see what they think about something. Hey, I, I saw this video the other day. I really like this. What do you think about this? We, you know, we work it. And then you kind of come up with your own formula through that, you know? Okay. And I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up old school because here we go. Here go some questions I got for you. Name your five all-time Mexican greats. Oh, Mexican greats? Yes, Man, sir. Listen, I, uh, I've never been – I hate to say it like that, man. I've never been a massive Mexican um, fan like that. You no. Know what I, mean? I, I just – so my, my favorite fighter of all time is Roy Jones Jr., Oh, so man, you from Florida, man. Yeah. Ain't nobody trying to hear see, that, man. You you could already see where I'm going to go from with that. Like, I love a mobility fighter. You know, um, obviously, you, you can't name Mexican fighters without saying somebody like Julio Cesar Chavez. Yeah. You know. Actually, um, you can, because I can give you five without without even mentioning him. But who who's your five favorite? All right, without even mentioning Julio Cesar Chavez. Yeah, Let's yeah. do it. Ricardo Finito Lopez, Salvador Sanchez. Eric Morales, Marco Antonio Barrera, and Juan Manuel Marquez. That's five. 
Jeez, man, I wouldn't even thought of those. Maybe Marquez. Uh, definitely not Morales. I wasn't a big fan of him. No, he wasn't. Okay. I just listen. Those guys are great punchers, and for me, I'm a mobility. I like I like guys that can move. Okay. You okay. Know? Um, so that's why I love like I'll. I think what really got me into boxing, boxing was watching Roy Jones Jr. Like watching him move, man. I was I was blown away by how how fast he was, how athletic. And to this day, man, I'm I'm just I love athletic fighters. So, you know, one, not, one of the greatest taking, guys all time. One of the greatest guys all I'm time. I'm not taking anything away from Mexican fighters by any means. Because listen, you know, watching a guy like you know Canelo Alvarez, he's a guy that's I guess you you know he's a Mexican fighter, but yeah. he's still a guy who has he has mobility in a weird way, right? Like he doesn't move like a super athletic guy, but he can he can move his upper body in, in different ways that you know, you're not really used to seeing certain Mexican fighters. I, I think that's why I don't like Morales. Like, I, I don't think he's a super um, athletic guy like that. I don't know. I like to see guys use their legs, man. Okay. You know? Um, okay. So, I've, I've never been a huge Mexican fan, man. You should ask me something else. You know? No, 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 because uh, I, I, got, I, got, I got another one. Name, name your five all-time greats of all time. Past and present, man. All together, um, it don't matter. Roy Jones is top. He's my number one because I, I believe he got me into fighting. Um, man, there's so many to name, bro. I couldn't name a, a top five. I'd say Roy Jones, Andre Ward is uh, probably my number, probably my number two pick because again, and and that's a weird concept, right? Because Andre Ward was a guy that didn't really use athleticism like that. Um, hmm. I'm gonna rattle off a couple, no specific order. So Roy Jones, Andre Ward, Miguel Cotto. Um, he wasn't that big of a mover either. He had his weird ways of moving. I like the way he moved off the ropes, the way he would be able to turn opponents, things like that. He had his his funky movements. Um, who else did I really like? I can't say any of those guys without saying Muhammad Ali. Muhammad okay. Ali is, you know, he's definitely one of my favorite fighters of all time. Let me think who else. Yeah, it's funny because I get asked this question all the time, man. And I, and I, you know, at the time I'm like, damn, I should have said this name or I should have said that name. Yeah. Um it's crazy that when you when you do that to people, they they forget who they who they like. Cause I can go through a billion names, but I don't want to say guys that I I I truly, really like Bernard Hopkins is up there. Um, trying to think of who else I really, really like, man. I was a fan of Kelly Pavlik. The ghost. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he was my favorite fighter. I just when I think about guys now as like a fight fan, it's it's hard to understand like to say who it is because I try to take pieces from everybody that I really like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because certain guys have things that like. Like I like Bernard's in and out style, the way he had like that kind of like an irky jerk style, and he would just he was just crafty vet. I like Roy Jones for how athletic he was. Um, I'm a big Lamont Peterson fan. Okay, okay, I didn't you know, I didn't expect I, I, that. I, yeah, and a lot of guys don't say Lamont Peterson. Um, I wouldn't say he's a top five. I could never give you a top five, bro. I could never say a top five. Okay, I could rattle off a lot of guys that I enjoyed watching. Um. You know, I I wouldn't even say that Floyd Mayweather was a top favorite of mine, but he okay. was probably one of the 
a guy that I love to watch in the moment of watching him. You know what I mean? Um, who else, man? There's there's a couple for you. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I could uh, if I could name a top five per se. My my next question: Do you think all fighters need to go through the amateurs before they turn pro? <sighs> so. I believe that you do need amateur experience. How much is kind of the question, right? How much amateur, how many amateur fights you have, uh, what pedigree of the amateurs you have, um, and how you develop as a fighter. You know what I mean? You see a lot of guys, perfect example, Tiafima Lopez. He grew up in here. I've been in the gym. I've watched Tiafima Lopez price far close to a hundred plus rounds. Okay. You know, um, I've watched him fight in the golden gloves. I've watched that kid, you know, at local fights, uh, he always had a kind of a professional style. You know what I mean? I've seen him lose fights in the amateurs because of his style, you know, where he won fights, but he lost because of that. So I do believe that a fighter should get up to at least, you know, depending on who they are and when they start at least up to, you know, 40, 50 amateur fights, you know, that's kind of where you're going to get a little bit of the experience of seeing different styles, different postures, different people, you know, and um, and get a, a taste for competition at that level because it would be very hard for you to just jump right into a no fights, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, and I'm only asking that because we've seen a, a like the recent crop of like two or three fighters who don't have that much amateur experience, but they're translating into really good fighters as as boxers. You know, the yeah. Con- Connor Ben. Uh, you see David Benavidez and what was the other guy's name? I can't remember the other guy's name, but they're they're turning out to be really good fighters without having this big amateur background and pedigree. And you know you can't really knock them for not not going to the amateurs because they are so good. But when you yeah. look at David Benavidez, you go, well, he got a chance to spar with Gennady Golovkin, Dmitry Bivol. And, and all these other great guys so, who gave him the credit. It was like, he's going to be all right. You know how, many fights, how many amateur fights did he have? Uh, who, David Benavides? Benavides? Yeah. I think he had like 15. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't it like 13 or something like that? Yeah, I mean, some guys are just exceptional talents. I do believe, you know, perfect example, Lorenzo doesn't have that many amateur fights. I think he has like up to about 15 fights, if, I'm, if I stand correct, anywhere from 13 to 15 or something like that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it, it just depends on the style and where they came up in, in the gym. I know Benavides came up under his dad. His brother was already fighting. So a lot of those guys, man, if you're coming up in a gym like that, you know, you're getting that. You're you seeing it all. You see yeah, it you're all. seeing it all. That first class work you really need right there. So, yeah, it, it really is kind of um, situational, I guess you can say. But I do believe you need some experience, you know, in the amateur field, you know. Uh, you don't want to give a guy too much experience, you know, where they're, where they're over fighting. Yeah. You, know I mean? you see Burn some of these out. kids, man. Yeah. We got a couple of kids around us that are, you know, 12, 13 years old, already got 30 plus fights, you know what I mean? 40 really? Fights. And that's, yeah. And that's a ton of fights. You know what I mean? That's uh, that activity, you know, now what do you do? We well, already 40 fights in. You can't tell me how many wins and losses you have. You know what I mean? Um, and that experience is going to be kind of forgotten by the time you get to, you know, 16, 17. You know what I mean? Yeah, because now by the time you are 16, 17, there's a, 
a new wave of information that you're getting and you forgetting all, you're forgetting all that other stuff that that just goes out in one ear and out the other at that point yeah so i mean it, you know it all depends i mean i had um i briefly coached at um a gym down here in south florida Sweatbox, um where george cambosis kind of comes from in xander's eyes okay so i i had um trained xander's eyes for a little bit um, over there. And at that time, I believe he was about 14 or 15 years old. He had already had 70 fights. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a ton of experience. You know what I mean? At, uh, at 14 years old, 14 years old, he had about 70 fights, 14, 15 years old. I'm trying to think of how old. I think he was about 14, 15. Yeah. So he had already had about 70 fights. You know what I mean? That's a ton of experience. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, but listen, it worked out for a kid like that is a perfect example. He's seen everything. He's a high level amateur, you know. Um, you know how many fights Gabe Flores has? Gabe Flores Jr.? No. No. Um, I know he has quite a bit of because I, I believe if my mind's correct, I think he's like a nine time national champ. So he's got to have a lot of fights. He's got yeah. have a ton of fights, you yeah. know. Um, but there's a perfect example of it, you know, and I'm a I'm a big Gabe Flores fan. There you go. Some there's guys just have it. Though. Some, there's some... a Mexican fan I like, or a Mexican fighter I like. Um, but his system, his style, I feel like he had so much amateur experience, he had a hard time transitioning into bo- and pro boxing. You know, I don't know if you watch much of him, um, but I, I feel like he's kind of has an amateur style that's not progressing and developing into the pros. I had to check him out just to make sure. Uh, um, I haven't. Like he's not one of the guys that like I'm I'm really big on watching, but I, I'll have to uh, check him out. Uh, yeah, he, um, if, if he's especially if he's got a few fights on on YouTube, I can definitely just go in. And, yeah, you'll see a lot of yeah. He signed a top rank at one point. He was the youngest pro to sign. I think he signed at 16 years old, trained by his dad. He um at 16. Yeah, he's and he's a beast of a kid. You know, problem is, is like I said, I think he had so much. Some of these guys, man, they have so much amateur experience. And you have to transition from amateurs to pro. And if you don't do that properly, you kind of get stuck there. I mean, I often say that was kind of what happened to uh, Amir Khan. You know what I mean? He had such an amateur style where he would dive in, hit you with a barrage of punches, and try to pull straight back out. You know what I mean? He wouldn't roll out or turn an opponent or step around. Yeah. You know what I mean? He would pay for that drastically. And that's, you know, the amateur system is kind of like that. It's all about scoring and throwing punches, like you were saying earlier in in this – the podcast you know you learn to throw punches throw as many punches as you can because that's amateur right mm-hmm. you've got to score even if you ain't hitting you're just you're punching just against let them go yeah going. so you know some of these guys they learn too much i think man if i had the perfect kid i'd probably let him fight maybe 50 times as an amateur and then turn him pro you know really? depending on his develop depending on his development you know what i mean if i it depends on what age i got him at mm-hmm. you know what i mean if i can if i could get a kid that was just naturally god gifted 50 amateur fights, maybe win a national title or two, and then, you know, turn pro at the right age. I think 18, 19 years old is a perfect age to turn professional. What if that kid had the desire to want to go further and he wanted to be, I want to go over here, I want to go over here, I want to go to the world games and and do all uh, that I, stuff? You know, I'm never going to get in between anybody's dreams. Okay. You know, I think what, what a lot of kids are seeing these days, and that's why you see some of these guys going pro is, you know, there's – amateur system is kind of you know it's flimsy man at this point you know what i mean like thank you for saying that yeah bon, bon, you know talk about it, it, it yeah you know, it's like it's, look it's, at how many guys turning pro at a young age you had devin haney 
Gabe Flores, um, who else turned pro pretty young? Uh, Xander Zayas. You know, you got you got all these guys that are like, hey, man, forget the Olympics. Forget all this other stuff. You know what I mean? I'm just going to turn pro. You're not going to get any money in the Olympics. Olympics isn't what it used to be, as sad as it is. It's, it's not. The, the coaching you know? system, and I'm not speaking on yeah. I don't want to talk bad about nobody, but the coaches and the way the system is set up in America is not the best anymore. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. it's all about it's all about favoritism and politics in the system Kids are getting now. robbed all day, man. All and, day, and every day. I always say, you're not preparing a kid to turn professional in this amateur system, believe it or not. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the shaving of the face, you know what I mean? Well, what happens when they go pro and they fight a guy with a grown beard? You know what I mean? Things like that. Like just stupid little rules that, that the amateur system has that I just don't, I don't feel like transitions well into professional fighting. You know no, what I mean? No. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, if, now, if you, I could, you got you got me you got me thinking now, man. You got me calculating because you said that Amir Khan he had the amateur style, but he didn't perfect it pro. And when I think about it, a good percentage of the time when Amir get caught, it's Pulling because out. he yeah pulling straight back, pulling straight back. His hands aren't up, and he gets caught with a, a left hook or a right hand. Oh, uh, yep. Think about wow. how Danny Garcia blasted his ass. You know what I mean? Blasted him. Can I curse on here? Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, Fuck okay. that. Yeah, Fuck yeah. shit. God yeah, damn it, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's us. Think about, how, think about how Danny Garcia blasted him. You know yeah. what I mean? A lot of those guys pulling straight back. So, you know, that's what happens. And, and it takes a good pro coach. That's why you see so many guys, unfortunately, they start off, they don't finish with the same coach they came up with because, mm. you know, there's there's – pro coaching and there's amateur coaching and then there's you know guys that i always say that are kind of uh uh capable coaches like enough to get you in there and, and win and maybe you know compete at a high level as an amateur but you know you have to you have to develop you know and i think what happened with him was you know amir Khan went to freddie roach that was his pro coach and freddie is an offensive based coach you know he's offensive first of it, you know what i mean would he come up under eddie butch like that whole system was offense based you know mm-hmm. what i mean so uh, they didn't really learn any. I'm not saying that I don't want to talk about arguably one of the greatest trainers of all time, but yeah, yeah. his his defense just was was lacking. Maybe because they thought his hand speed was so much to deal with that they didn't really have to worry about him. The other you know? thing that I noticed about the the top level uh, boxers that Freddie had, they're bouncy, mm-hmm. and and the guys that are bouncy usually get punched. They get knocked out. Yep, yep, coming in or or pulling out. Yep. You know what I mean. And yep. uh, Manny got I mean, caught. Freddie, Manny yep. got caught doing the rhythm bounce going in. Yeah, through one of your best, your favorite fighters right there, Mark. Yeah, Reyes, man. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would, I would have never had you tag as a, uh, as a, as a Mexican fan, man. Okay, uh, and, and what's the other guys? Blair Cobb bouncing in front of uh, oh, Alexis yeah. Rocha. He was bouncing, doing that bounce, and he got caught. Yeah, I think they just have an explosive style where they kind of you know, bounce in, if you will, explode in with their offense and they get caught either sliding in like or, or popping in, should I say, I wouldn't say sliding in or pulling straight back. Yeah, But you but know, you know um, like I know you're not supposed to be bouncing unless you're going to disengage and you create yeah. distance when you do it, like you're resetting. It worked yeah. well for, you know, for guys like Amir Khan, sorry, and Manny Pacquiao because they had such blistering hand speed. Like I saw an interview Danny Garcia did where he was like, you know, we had some, you know, fast guys in camp preparing for Amir Khan 
And he's like, I, and I remember thinking to myself, like everybody kept saying how fast he was. And I'm like, how, how fast can this fucking guy be? And he's like, and then before I knew it, he would hit me with three, four punches and he'd be out of there before I even, you know what I mean? Could get a counter off. So I mean, guys <laughs> like, well, yeah. And he's like, I'll, I'll be, you know, and if you watch that fight, Danny was swinging for, you know, the swinging fence. at air. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you're, if, if you have that system and that style, you know, I guess it can work until it doesn't. You know, I always believe that certain guys are, you know, like a like a Manny Pacquiao or even Amir Khan, even though, you know, Khan had some good pop, I guess, but he wasn't a puncher or anything like that. You know, um, you kind of live by a sword, die by it, right? Like you're going to come in there and, and my goal is to take you the fuck out or you're mm-hmm. going to take me out. I mean, that's think about that. That I was actually in Vegas for that Pacquiao um, Marquez fight. And uh, it was it was just he got dropped and he wanted to get him back. You know what I mean? And then it was like, you knew at that moment, I remember watching that fight. I'm like, somebody's going to get knocked out. Like just the way they were fighting. I'm like, somebody's getting knocked out. Like this one isn't going to, to the decision. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, it's a, one of those styles, man. You, yeah. you have to make your terms with it, you know, yeah. and if you're going to be an offensive base fighter. It, it did look like Manny was going to close the show. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, man. Because I was getting upset. Uh, like, damn it, Mark. I was, I I was out. Nah, man. I was out. So I, not that I, I like Marquez. And, I, and just like you said, like, when you talk about all these fighters, we, we start going. I started thinking in my mind. I started thinking about Tim Bradley. I always loved watching Tim Bradley. Yeah. Again, he wasn't a favorite fighter of mine. But um, they had, you know, a great fight. I, I think Marquez is a really good fighter. You know, um, but I just – I was a huge Manny Pacquiao fan for a long time. I don't know – not that – I don't know why, but at the same time, I think it was because I, I, at one time I hated Floyd Mayweather so much. You know what I mean? So it was oh, – wow. uh, I wasn't expecting it was one to of those, I Look, I loved him and hated him. I, I loved how great he was, but I hated the way he conducted his business in the ring. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I just – I couldn't stand that. You know what I mean? I don't understand why – these guys aren't fighting each other at that level. You know what I mean? A lot sooner. Yeah. Me, me neither. But going back to that Marquez Pacquiao fight, I was like, fuck man, I'm going to lose this bet. I bet this money. And then next thing you know, you see him timing that, that bounce. I'm it, in, was, yo. it was bouncing. I was like, it Oh was shit. He's seeing. Yeah. It was a double faint. That's what he had time. He's, he's he, he would faint, faint. And then he yep. would drive in. Yep. And they did a video where they released after that, that they were working that, that whole camp, that double bounce yep. or the double faint. He would bounce, 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 then faint, half faint, step. and then drive half in. Yeah, yep. half step. And they, and they would just split off that, that hand right there. And that's, they caught his ass. And when that, he man. dropped to my mouth, Bro, was this fucking big. I, like I said, I was out there in Vegas. The fucking lights went out in Vegas. It was, they, I mean, aside from the fact that everybody thought he was dead, you know what yeah. I mean? It was fucking nuts because at that time Manny Pacquiao was the biggest thing in boxing besides Floyd Mayweather you know what I mean and it was nuts yeah when he nuts. hit the, when he hit the ground I was like oh shit did he break his neck yeah yeah I was like fuck did he break that man neck yeah. man yeah. damn it it's fucking nuts I mean but on the flip side of that coin I mean I think Manny or I think Mark has a ton of juice at that time man <laughs> uh, you had, uh, what was he 38 years old when they fought bro he came in there he had hired that um that strength and condition coach that got caught Conte. yeah um loading up the whole fucking mexican olympian team i forget what it was whatever i forget what team it was or you know he got caught with that and then that was the coach he was using he's walking around 39 years old or however old he was looking and, like a fucking monster and after the fight 
Larry Merchant asked him, where did you get all those muscles? Yep. And I was like, holy shit. He was, was, let's be real, he was on the fucking, he looked like he was 26 years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I was like, oh, fuck. And when he said that, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Bro, that's the thing. Boxing has such a fucking black eye, doesn't it? Shit like that. Like, ask somebody that. Ask somebody that in an interview, man. It's like, it's like, come on, man. It's like, come on. We we never seen you look like this, my man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he called his ass out. That was the thing. Boxing is just, I don't know, man. I love it, and at the same time, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, okay. So, boom. Hey, go the next question for you. Then, should boxing have a union? Yeah, absolutely, man. I think aside from just a union, I think that there's so many things going wrong in boxing, man. I heard Dana White say uh, one time, I'm sure you heard the interview where he said boxing is a, is a, a fight is a going out of sale. Like everybody's just trying to get as much money as they can and get yeah. the hell out of there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's true, man. It's like, I don't understand. And unfortunately it will never change because it's so, I don't want to say corrupt because I'm not saying the word corrupt, but everybody's got their hands in it, right? You know what I mean? Me, you, everybody else is, we're putting money in, we're, you know, all these sanctioning bodies and these belts and all this, these promoters and all this bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, you you can't – I hopped on my social media today and I was burning down Ryan Garcia. I don't know if you looked at my story and shit, but, like, here's a kid who, you know, fucking says the stupidest shit, calls out all these fighters and doesn't fight anybody. You know, you have too much of that, you know? Way too much of that going on. Too much of that. Like, you, you should um, be in the gym getting yourself ready for a, a, a decent fight because it's obvious with him that he doesn't really want to fight anybody. No, nah, 100%. Like, you had the chance to fight Jojo Diaz. You didn't want that fight. Javier Fortuna, which I thought would have been a good fight for him. You turned That's that right. down. Who's going to wind up fighting, though? He's going to wind up fighting Fortuna when he should be fighting, um, uh, what's his name, Isaac? Uh, how do you Dog say yeah, there you go. He should be okay. fighting him. You know what I mean? They, nah, he. I don't think he wants to fight Javier Fortuna. Javier Fortuna is a hard man, and and he he'll try to he'll try his best to get Ryan out of there. I don't think. But Ryan think about wants it. That. He he was supposed to fight originally. He gets done. He beats Luke Campbell. Now, correct me if my timeline is right here. He fights him and wins. Mm-hmm. Good fight, man. I actually became kind of a fan of this kid. I'm like, all right, you know what I mean. I was, you know, he got his ass off the canvas. Good for him. Then he hops on fucking Mike Tyson's podcast and says he's going to fight Javante Davis. And he's going to knock him out in two rounds. I want that fight. They got on. They said that they were going to make that fight happen. That's the next fight. Then he says, nah, you know what? I'm not going to fight him. Me and Manny Pacquiao are going to fight each other. Then it wasn't Manny Pacquiao. Then it was Joe. I, I think it was Jojo Diaz somewhere around the lines of that after, mm-hmm. after that happened. And then, oh, it's 95% sure it's going to happen. Then that, that fight doesn't happen. Then he has mental health issues. Or he was going to fight for tuna, then the mental health issue yeah. is bullshit, bro. Yeah. But that's the problem with boxing is you have too much of that shit getting away. Like, think about it, man. Why hasn't Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford fought each other yet? I think at one point someone didn't want that fight. That's just me, though. Who are? Who do you think? <laughs> and, and before you say that, here's what I was saying. With, going back to what you asked me, top favorite fight. Terrence Crawford's one. And so is Earl Spence. Earl Spence early on was one of my favorite fighters, bro. I loved Earl Spence. I was watching Earl Spence before anybody knew who he was. I you know, was when too. He was, when, he was, when he was like, I think like 13 and 0, I, I was a big fan of him. And Terrence Crawford's another favorite fighter of mine. Who do you think 
doesn't want that or didn't want that fight or doesn't. I'm going to say this. Terrence Crawford has never shied away from that fight. All right. <laughs> truth. The fucking truth, bro. That's you all know? I'm saying. And, and not to mention, every interview you hear or, or however many interviews you've heard uh, um, Earl Spence say, I'm the A-side, right? How, the, how, how, how are you A-side if this guy has gone through how many different weight classes, been a world champion at these weight classes, fought just the same opposition, you know what I mean? It, what are you talking well, about? Well, so what they'll, what they'll tell you is that if you look at Terrence Crawford's record, all the guys he has fought, aren't the best fighters they aren't the like the most talented fighters they weren't the best fighters at the time when terrence crawford fought them all right that's what they're gonna tell you and they're gonna Ooh, tell you and then when they, what they're also gonna say is if you look at errol spence's record he fought the best welterweights of the time he's fought danny garcia he's fought sean danny porter garcia had already been beaten by keith thurman and uh and sean porter right yep so he was kind so, of whittling yeah. away. Yeah. He beat Mike and Garcia. Mike and Garcia was coming up from what, 135? 135, yeah. Yeah. He beat uh, Sean Porter, had already got his ass spanked by a couple of guys at that point. They're going to say and he that also. Was a tough fight. He, they're going to say he also uh, beat Kell Brook. All right. Yep, but Kell Brook was coming off of that ass open that Triple G gave him. Yeah, a fight yeah. that and he, he, he had should a tough have time. taken. Yeah. And he had a tough time with yeah. that fight. So they're going to, they're going to, look, I'm, I'm only telling you how it's going to, I don't yeah, even. Absolutely. But but Kev, we could, we could I sit do down. Not, I, I don't even argue about it. Yeah, we I don't can even sit argue down about it. I stopped arguing. And, and that's the thing. It, it's so frustrating for that reason. Boxing is so frustrating. Those boys should have fought however many years ago. Mm-hmm. Why hasn't Benavidez, Charlo, and Plant fought each other yet? Well, we know. We know why. So, it, okay. So that's my thing, right? Because, yeah, I give these fighters this pass, Right? But when Bud is saying I want to fight the best in the division, they get on, they 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 jump on them. Yeah. But all these other guys aren't fighting the best, and y'all giving them passes. Yep. Of course, bro. And, and, course. and it's no why I'm saying this because I I love I love fucking Errol Spence. Errol Spence is a fighter. Yeah. People can call him a boxer as much as they want to. Errol Spence is a fighter. He wants Dog. to fight. Dog. He wants to fight. Like, all that boxing shit, all that's cool. But we know at the end of it all what he really wants to do. He wants to fight. He used to want to fight. Well, I think he still wants to. I think he wants. I think he's a fighter. I I never thought that he was um, uh, a guy that really wanted to box. I thought he was. I've always thought he was a guy that really wants to just get get to you, beat you down, break you down, and get you Oh, as far as that goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, As far as that goes. Yeah, absolutely. But... You know, I look at these fights, I'm like, all right, correct me if I'm wrong, Benavides, Plant, and Charlo, they all have – they're on the same network deal, same manager, right, with Al yes. Heyman. Yeah. You know, all the, same, all the same things. Why haven't you guys fought each other? You know what I mean? Like, well, that's a fight that – those fights should have happened, you know. Um, and, and besides the whole loss, which everybody needs to get up off of, it ain't going to yeah. do nothing but raise everybody's stock if you fight. 100%. Look at but, the reason why we love Hagler, Hearns, Durant. Oh. And Leonard, like because they fought, like those guys oh. took chances on being great. Marvin yeah, Hagler took a yeah. chance on being great, like all those guys wanted to fight. That's why and we that's, love those guys. That's exactly, and that's again why you know I hate 
I can't say hate, but why I didn't like Floyd for that reason was it was he ruined a lot of what was, you know, boxing is boxing, bro. I don't want to hear him a businessman. You're not a businessman. You couldn't you couldn't handle any kind of business that needed to be done pertaining to this whole fight. You know what I mean? Setting it up, handling the promotion side of it, the marketing side, who's getting paid, all those things. You you have people in the place to do that. that Maybe you have a way. piece of the business. You know what yeah. I mean? So man, just you know, do what you do. It's imagine if you know, you had all these, these, you know, fucking baseball players saying, hey, I'm a businessman. You're a baseball player. Right. You know what I mean? Which, which in, the, in turn, yeah, there's business on it, but that's not what you do. You know that's what I mean? why so, you hire lawyers and managers it's, and agents it's, to and That's do exactly all that why you have all those things. Those are the businessmen, too. You have a small piece of the business. So, you know, it ruined that aspect of it. it. It drives me crazy when you see that kind of thing. Like, look, man, I love what Devin Haney is doing right now, going out there and fighting. I love that shit. I love it. You know what I mean? And and he was a kid that, you know, I kind of felt some kind of way about because I felt like he needed to make that fight with uh, Tifimo Lopez and stuff like that a little bit earlier. But that's as a fight fan. I understand these kids are young. Let them build their careers and everything else, and that fight can happen down the road. But but, but I, I got so I had to defend Devin on that. He tried. He tried to make those fights. He was trying. I don't know. At that point, I don't know what was going on. You know, I and I feel you on that. I'm like, I don't know who was trying, or maybe they both were, and their their management wasn't. I would assume that Tiafimo Lopez was the kid who wanted to make that fight too, because look, he fought Lomachenko. That was a dangerous fight. That was, you know, a, that dangerous was a fight. Super Bob, dangerous fight. Bob didn't want. I don't think Bob wanted Loma to fight maybe. Devin, and I don't think Bob wanted uh, uh, Tio to fight. To yeah, fight I, that could that could definitely be. I don't see. Tiafimo Lopez is a kid who was scared, but I respect him for what he's doing, though. He's going yeah. out there, and the, the chips are stacked against him. Let's be real. All he's the way against that him. Dude. All the way yeah, against him. The only thing that he has going on is he's a better fighter, in my yep. opinion. You yep. know what I'm saying? But he needs to really go out there. You know, let's let's face the facts. Devin Haney's not a real puncher, so he needs to go out there and pitch a no hitter. You know what I mean? And you can't rob him. Like, hey, man, he won, you know, 11 rounds or, yeah. or 10 it, rounds. You got to be a 10 2 shutout and yep. you got to mark his face up. Yeah, exactly, bro. To you win that. To, yeah, you and got to dog walk that, him. But the contract he took, you know, it's with bullshit. Silo top rank, yeah, going out there, he has to fight him no matter. He beats him, then goes back out there and has to fight him again. His dad's not allowed to go out there. His trainers aren't allowed to go out there. It's, it's nuts, you know. Yeah, what I mean? So yeah, it's put, a setup. That's greatness, though. It's that's a setup. That's, yeah, but that's great. A lot of guys wouldn't do that shit. You know and that's, I mean? and but, that's but the that's, problem. And, and I'm glad we're talking about that because a lot of guys, are, oh, I wouldn't have went out there. I wouldn't have went out there. You wouldn't have went out there. The guy who's taking a chance and betting on himself, daring to be great, is going out there to do it. You wouldn't have done it because yep. you don't believe in yourself. Exactly. He's going out there because he believes very highly. That there is no one at 135 that can beat him, especially uh, 100%. George Cambosis. And that's as, why he's going out there. As far as I'm concerned, he could lose that fight and he still got a fan in me, man. No, he, he, I mean? he, won't lose, he won't lose me as a fan either if he lost that yeah. fight. I mean, because that, that's what it's, you know, I'd rather you put it, attempt greatness, you know what I mean, than, than go out there, you know what I mean, and be like, I don't want to fight these guys, you know what I mean? I, he's steering away from that shit, you know? Hell yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you kind of said it because. For 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 years, I was saying that you never heard Canelo call out a, a, a Charlo. You never heard him call out a Benavidez. He even, matter of fact, said recently over the last year or two that um, he doesn't want to fight Mexican fighters. Right. Yeah. So that, that, that came out of his own mouth. That's not even me. That's him saying that. So 
when you look at a guy like Terrence Crawford, at least he said, I want the biggest, baddest motherfucker in the division. Oh, bro. And, and, and you know what? If he loses, all respect to him. A- absolutely. Because he went out there and fought him. You know what I mean? I, here's the thing, I think, when it comes to that, is the shit that makes me mad. I think Terrence Crawford, if he fights Earl Spence before December, he could possibly beat him. Because Terrence Crawford's getting older. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So 33, I, I 34 years like, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he, if he, the older you get, the worse. And I feel like they're trying to age him. You know what I mean? I think Floyd did that shit to Manny Pacquiao for a long time. He just tried to wait and wait and wait. He did that to a lot of guys before he fought him. I think you know, Canelo was trying him, to do the same thing. You know, if I give him another year or two, you know what I mean? He can't really, you know. And and to me, I, I think that shit is weak. You know? Um, well, we'll see, man. I mean. I think that that I, fight has to happen this year. It has to. Let's hope, man. To. If it doesn't, if we if it doesn't, we know it's not on Terrence Crawford. And I think Earl Spence knows that. I think he knows he has to fight. He has done nothing but put him in that position. He's not with top rank no more. He's able to fight, you know, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, look, it, they they are two – the two best welterweights there is, and no one's ever denied that. Yeah. No, no one's ever sure. denied that. Like, if you, you – got, You got uh, you got Ennis Boots right now, man. Hey, man. Good luck. I'll be real with you. I think he beats all both of those kids. I was just gonna say good luck to anybody that fights him. Good luck. Yeah. Because I, mean, I, I um, I've had some conversations with people from that gym and 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 not just that gym, but other fighters yeah. who are at a I high have, level. Um, yeah. And, My and, um and they told me some shit. So a, a buddy of mine, Wally, he trains uh what is it, Sergio Lippin Lippinitz? How do you say okay. his name? Lippinitz. Lip- yeah. I forget the guy who fought him. And he said he's like, I've never seen anything like that. And he's like, and and He's like, the kid can punch like you couldn't imagine. He's like, that kid is just a problem. I feel like he's obviously the future of that division. I don't think anybody wants to fight him. No. And no. I don't blame him, bro, from what I've seen. You know, he reminds me of a young Earl Spence, but yeah. with a little bit more power, man. He's a more power and more kid. speed. More dog power and more kid. speed. You know, dog yeah. ass kid. So you um, give him another year or two. I talked to someone and they said when he goes to spar, they have to get people bigger than him to spar because he hurts anyone that's fighting at 147. They say they have yeah. to get people that are bigger than him because yeah, he's a savage. Uh, yeah, they say because if he doesn't, like he he'll he'll run him out the gym. And kids like that are blessed. That's what we're talking about. Like a, a blessed fighter that's naturally gifted. Yeah, he's a know, painter. He's a painter. Yeah, you you can't be. Yeah, you can't be. You're born with that. You know what I mean? It's not something that you. I mean, I'm sure he worked on his craft, but. I mean that that kind of power, man. You could just hear it even through the TV. Mm-hmm. You see it. So. I, but the only thing I give to, I, I still give Errol and Bud the edge because they are champions, and he wouldn't know what that is. But the capability of that kid is is vast. Yeah, that's why I said two, give him two more years. I think then then it'll be a different story. I think Terrence Crawford's kind of. He hasn't showed signs of it, but obviously he's older. I think he's going to be 35 years old shortly. You know, he's kind of on the way out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, in a year or two, he won't be able to compete at that level with a kid like that, a young, young kid, you know? Um, not because he's not smart enough. Or, hey, you know, maybe he can grow. And Floyd did it at what, till he was, what, 38 years old or something like that? You 40. know what I mean? So, you know, yeah, maybe he could. I don't know, but I just don't see it at that level, you know? What makes Terrence Crawford so good is, 
in my opinion, is obviously his IQ and everything else, but his legs are, are what makes him so crafty and different, you know what I mean, the way he's able to switch over and, and, and possess. How would you see that fight going between Terrence Crawford and uh, and uh, Spence, realistically? <laughs> I'm going with Bud, man. Yeah, I feel Bud. the same way. I'm going with Bud. I think he just Arrow has a dog. Arrow has a dog amount, and I don't. I don't yeah. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure. Arrow. He can uh, like, do that. Buzz, yeah, I'm not sure. Buzz yeah. is gonna go. All right, I'm just gonna stand here and let you do this. Yeah, exactly. I think Earl Spence has that system where he just kind of comes at you. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a forward fighter, and he's gonna walk at you and try to just beat you down, just like you said. But if you start turning him. And you know, and, and and just making it a little bit more crafty of a fight. But that's see, and that's where it that's where it gets interesting because I think that's where they're the stalemate because they know what each other are gonna do. No, they both sure. know it. Like they know what each other. Earl wants to get inside. Terrell wants the mid to inside distance. That's yep. what he wants. And someone, it's gonna be the haggler. No, not not the haggler. It's gonna be the 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 the, the the Hearns versus Leonard fight to me, like yep. whoever, whoever wants it the most is just going to have to go and take it. I think it'll be that and, and who stays more um, disciplined on their game plan. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and, and can execute it. How about that? Can execute it. And that's what I'm saying with this George Cambosis uh, Haney fight. I said, if, if Haney can go out there and execute his game plan and stay disciplined and not let the crowd or anything else get him, you know, the motions, he makes it an easy night for himself. You know, it's the same thing. I think if Terrence can keep him at his range, he's gonna have a real hard time. You and, know what I mean? And let's not let's be honest. Terrence is a very disciplined fighter. Yeah, and not to mention, there's a reason why Earl Spence doesn't want to make that or didn't want to make that fight for another for for a year or so. You know, I forget who said it. Somebody said something. It was such a great tweet. It was a fighter. I forget who it was. He said. Honestly speaking, when a fighter says I'm the A side or I need more money, it's just a way of them not wanting to take the fight. Yeah, they say that those are excuses. They say you're making excuses when you just don't want to make the fight. 100%. Uh, uh, Mike Tyson said, if you were the baddest motherfucker, then I wanted to come see you and I wanted to rip your head off. Uh, I listened to Roy Jones. Roy Jones said, if you you had a Walmart built, I wanted the Walmart. Yeah, 100%. You know, 100%. And it, it should be like that. I mean... And it seems like that, you know, it's kind of getting back into that wave a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, fighters are out here trying to fight each other. You saw, of course, even you just fought uh, Valdez, you know what I mean? Um, you know, what do you, what do you think? Of, what do you think of Shakur? Cause I, I don't think nobody's going to be fucking with him until he meets. I think, I think he's the next Floyd Mayweather, yep. to be honest with you. I, yep. I don't think, I think he beats anybody and everybody currently and then in the future nobody's gonna be able to touch him he, he will be the pound for pound best fighter on the planet in my yeah. opinion and listen i'm not a coach coach kevin i've been trying to tell people that and they're not listening that's why i just shut up i yeah i think that after that fight it's funny because i had a, a couple friends over and my girl was here and, and she was massively bored of the fight and i said i get it i told her i'm like i get it he's not a fan favorite fighter, but to mm-hmm. a boxing fan, his style is just different. It's like anything else. Like, you know, that you have your, your Mexican fighters, you have your, your athletic fighters, you have your punchers, you have your, you know, your boxers, all those things. He's, he's a, a guy who's going to hit and not get hit. You he know is I mean? a pure 
boxer. Yeah, exactly. And and it's a super bro. I had so many people that like were like, bro, that was the most boring fight in the world. And no, like, it wasn't. That was them. great. And and listen, I'm a massive fan of of both those fighters, him and Oscar Valdez. I love Oscar Valdez. Absolutely. I, I like the way he is. I, I I respect a kid who has again a kid who tried to attempt greatness. Uh, all the hard in the world, but he made Oscar Valdez look horrible. Yeah, horrible. That's how great. And I and I try to tell people that I'm like, you got to know what you're watching. Oscar Valdez is a walkover. He's an A plus fighter, and he made him look like a C plus fighter in there. He made you him know? look like he didn't belong in the ring. And when 100%. you can, and when you can do that to another fighter, that says a lot about you. But to those yep. who don't know what they're looking at. Yeah. They'll, they'll call that boring or they'll say, oh, this wasn't a fun fight because you want to see two people go in the ring yep. and punch each other in the face. And, and listen, that's what I said. One of my friends, he's a, he's a casual fan. He enjoys boxing, but at the highest levels, you know, the Floyd, the Canelos, things like that. And he's like, that fight was terrible. It was so boring. I'm like, bro, that's because you don't know who Oscar Valdez is. Mm-hmm. You, and then that's he, just like you said, he made him look terrible. In there. He just he did what he wanted to do. So I mean, he kept know. him. He kept him on a yo-yo, yeah, for for twelve yeah. rounds, and just and picked him love apart like that. You gotta yes. love something like that. You know what I mean? So all yeah, right, you uh, we we we've we've spoken on this guy, but we haven't talked about him. So let's just go ahead and get it over with Canelo. Uh man, I I got nothing bad to say about Canelo, man. I'll be real with you, bro. He's he, there's a Mexican fighter. He's Vastly approaching my one of my favorite fighters of all time. Really? Yeah. I think he, he really bit off, I think he bit off more than he could chew um a few weeks ago. And and Dimitri but, Dimitri Bivol is a very good boxer, and I think he underestimated that. 100 percent And there was a moment where he attempted greatness, like I told people. I thought that he was gonna give some early hard rounds to Canelo, mm-hmm. but I thought Canelo eventually was going to wash him. I didn't think he was going to stop him because I thought that that was way too much of a weight difference. But I thought that Canelo would just, you know, be able to just outbox him and do what he wanted to do to him. But um, Dimitri Buvo was not having it. Not at all, man. He looked fantastic. He went out there and fought the, the best fight he could fight where Canelo fought the worst fight he could fight. You know what I mean? And if, if, if you're me, you're looking at that going – Shakur just did that to Oscar Valdez, and then Bivol does it to you. Yep, 100%. So um, the way I feel about that is I do believe when they do rematch, it'll be a different fight. I, I think just like you said, I think Canelo went out there and, um, and underestimated him. I don't think he used his jab. I don't think – so you remember the first – I thought a lot of it was a lot like the first fight with Triple G. They have a similar style where they like to punch – and keep you off base and not getting a rhythm, mm-hmm. um, Triple G and, and Bavol. Mm-hmm. I think Canelo made good adjustments in that second fight, minus using the jab with Triple G. I think he would do the same thing. He, you know, Canelo is one of those guys, he's a rhythm fighter, and that guy kept him off his rhythm. So I think he's going to have to learn to punch with that guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Break his rhythm and not let him get in a rhythm, if you will. You know what I mean? So, and I think Canelo will do a great job. There wasn't a lot of tape on him, bro. You know, and I a lot of tape. You are making excuses. He had bro. 19 fights to look at this kid, man. I, I think Two of that, his best fights was was against Joe Smith and uh what's the other guy? Uh was it Sullivan Barrera? 
uh Lennon Castillo. You had you had tape on this guy, man. To watch. I agree. I just think those guys sat there. You're right. I'm not I don't feel like there was a ton of tape the way there is on Canelo. Okay. But I'll say this, man. Um I think those guys are sitting up on their high horses over there, the whole Reynoso team. I I think they're having a humbling year here because they just lost their two biggest. They lost Ryan Garcia to another trainer. Their mm-hmm. two biggest fighters just lost. Um, and I think that they've kind of got um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, complacent. Complacent at where they were at. Like, and you looked at that. That's why I think it'll be a totally different fight. Canelo went out there. You think about this, bro. What fight was Canelo winning before he before he won? You know what I'm saying? Like. He was losing a plant, in my opinion, on the points. Sergio uh, Kovlov was beating him. Uh, Billy Joe I had up on the card. You know what I mean? Uh, and then he stopped those guys, right? You think you think he was losing that Billy Joe fight? Yeah, I think I think that he was. Look, I think it, no matter what, it went to the cards. Canelo was going to win that fight. Let's, Absolutely. Let's, let's be real. Same thing with the plant fight. But I think watching it from a realistic standpoint, and obviously, like I said, I'm a massive Canelo fan. I think that Billy Joe was kind of edging him. I think Plant was up on him, and I think Kovalov was up on him. And I think he waited and waited and waited. Problem with Canelo's biggest issue is he, he doesn't start fighting until six rounds. You know what I mean? And then he goes out there and he tries to take you out. And, and eight times out of ten, it's going to work. The other times, it's not. I think that that's kind of what happened with this guy. This guy just had his number. I, I I I agree. I think that just comes from thinking that you can just wallop everybody with a couple punches or one hard punch. Yep. But I also think that comes from underestimating your opponent and thinking yep. that, oh, because I got all these European or Eastern European guys in front of me, I can just wipe them out and get them all yep. out of there. Because 100%. that's what I thought. I was like, man, here's another guy that he thinks he's going to be able to just back up. And the guy's going to fold up once he starts feeling what those punches are like. Yep. And Dimitri Bavo was like, yo, I'm here to spoil you guys' plans. Hell yeah. And I, I just I just don't think – I don't think you can beat – I don't think he can beat him. <clears throat> I don't think he can beat him. No, I think I think in the rematch he's going to beat him um, because of what, what you just said as far as, you know, the underestimating him. Or, or listen, you could see that the kind – no, I wouldn't even say that. I was going to say you can kind of see – you know, I could see him kind of running off the sunset, like where it's it's done for him. But I don't think it's that. No, nah, he's think, not going to run off into the sunset. Yeah, I think I don't want to. I don't want to throw shade on him in that sense. But um, you know, I I think he beats him in a rematch. I think. Listen, man, I think Canelo is is pound for pound the, the best fighter right now out there. Okay, that's how I have him at. You know? Okay, and I I hear I, you. I just think I hate I'm- I hate the way they constantly say, "Oh, fucking Canelo's ducking this guy and ducking that guy and this and that." Listen, from what. Oscar Val or not Oscar Oscar De La Hoya said they offered Charlo at the time Charlo was making five hundred thousand dollar paydays. They offered him a five million dollar payday when he was still with when they were both with Golden Boy and he denied that fight. He denied it. I didn't hear about that. I'm yeah. not, I so, was I mean, not aware of that. You know, I, I think as far as that goes, you know, it's funny, man. A lot of these fights like we were talking about earlier, they wait, and when a guy has his name on a contract and getting ready, it's oh, I want to fight him. All right. Well, what what happens when I, I don't have a fight? Let's let's make that fight happen. As far as the Benavidez fight, I think that's the only guy, in my opinion, that would give Canelo a hard time. Out of the, out of Charlo's man, I just I can't get behind him, bro. I just I think that I think I think Charlo versus Canelo. I think it gives Canelo a really. I think he get has a really hard night, but I think he can win that fight. I just think yeah, that I if. Guess- 
I think if if Jamal was was going to win that fight, he would have to be super focused and, and laser laser focused and dialed in, and he he could get that because the Jamal Jamal is, is too big. Jamal, is, I think Jamal might be too big for Canelo. I think the problem with them both of them is they have a hard time with B plus fighters, bro. You know what I mean? Like, who have they fought that's an A plus fighter? A plus fighter, I can't. They haven't. Um, so I thought I thought J Rock Julian William, Williams was was one of the, one of the better fighters that uh, Jamal fought. Good fighter, but he's a B plus fighter. You know okay. what I mean? In my opinion, at least, I I haven't seen any of these guys. Like I said, beat a plant, beat a plant, beat a uh, beat a, beat a Benavidez, and then we could talk. You know what okay. I mean? Like, I hear you. Um, I hear you. Tony, uh, you know, he fought Tony Harrison. He gave him a hard time, even though I thought that he beat Tony Harrison the first time. Okay. okay. You know, I, I had him winning that fight the first time, and they still gave it against him. Um, Tony Harrison, the uh, what is it, Castano? How do you say his last Castano, name? Castano. Yeah. Um, you know, I I thought that he won that first fight. I, I kind of, I think I did yeah. have Castano winning that first. And those fight. guys, in my opinion, they're, they're great fighters. They're good but, fighters. I okay. So so tell me this then. B.J. Saunders, Callum Smith, Rocky Fielding, Abney Yildirim, and what's the other guy's name? Caleb Plant. Are you telling me all those are A-plus a fighters? I think Billy Joe Sanders and I think Caleb Plant are A-fighters. Um, it's hard. It was kind of hard, to be honest with you. It's kind of hard to say if I think um, Plant was an A-plus fighter because – I wouldn't give I wouldn't give him a A plus fight. He had potential to be one, obviously. He had potential and, to be and, one, and but he, he hadn't fought and he, nobody. And yeah, I was gonna say, and he might be who do you be who do you win against the title? Who was that guy's name? That guy was a boogeyman at that at that time. Who's got to Yeah, the guy who knocked out uh Darrell. Um he had he was a boogeyman at that time and plant took him off of um hand surgery and everything else, no tune up fight, and then he started fighting some bullshit fighters. So I'll give you that. But okay. Billy Joe Sanders, I felt like Billy Joe. He earned his respect. He beat um, Chris Urbank. Who else did he beat? Uh, damn, I'm drawing a blank right now. Didn't he take the fight. Good. Didn't take the fight with Demetrius Andre. Yeah, he had. He beat some decent guys. He got popped right for for steroids. Yeah, yeah against yeah. against Andre. So yeah, he uh, he was. I have him as an A plus fighter, but some nah, of those guys. No who, way, KF. No right. way. No way. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of who else he beat, bro. Nobody come to him. David nah, Lemieux. Gonna... David Lemieux was a good bro. David Lemieux at that point was a a a great fighter. Okay. Or a good fighter. Let me not say great. He was a good fighter. He was a bona fide puncher, and he made him look fucking ridiculous. That, bro, those fights right there. I just named the two guys. Those two guys. The Charlos never fought anybody like that. Lubin. Uh, who'd you just say earlier? Lubin. Um, J Rock, uh, Tony Harrison. Come on, bro. You know what I mean? Like those guys. Wait, wait. Tony Harrison at one point was 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 champ. Like this dude was good, good, good fighter. Good. Remember, like Floyd always used to say, and I believe that he said, "There's a difference between a good fighter and a great fighter." Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. I think. Um, who else out there, man? I I do think you got to also remember, bro. He he fought Laura, Triple G. Who is this? These are. We're talking about Canelo. Um, that Lara, are he lost fighters. that fight. He lost that fight. They gave him the win. Oh, nah, lost that fight. I, I didn't have to lose that fight. I didn't have to lose that fight. 
I just I felt like I'll watch it again, but I'm I guarantee you he, uh, for the fourteenth time. But I'm guarantee I can't, you he I can't give part. a guy that runs around all night and like jabs you and runs around like you're not coming to fight me. But you, you know just said mean? you like mobile fighters though. Not that kind of mobility, like you know, I, and that's what I hate when people talk about Floyd. Like Floyd would sit there and engage and then move. There's a difference when I'm hitting you and I'm moving. And I'm just trying to score on you. Watch that fight again. I felt like Canelo won. Probably, I think he edged it, but only because one guy didn't come to fight. But going back again, bro, I mean, Daniel Golovkin. Jacob, Golovkin, I think he beat him the second time. The first time, I agree with you. Okay. But he still right. fought that. All so right. when people give him, but more than anything, when people give him that, oh, he don't fight nobody, I'm like, bro, Golovkin twice. Laura, those are tough fights. James Kirkland. Nah, James Kirkland was done. Stop it. Stop it. But James he was, Kirkland but he was, was done. You can't, but you can't tell me he wasn't a dangerous fighter. He was. He, he came to fight. Who who was the trainers that he had for that fight? Oh, that young kid, man. <laughs> young Stop kid. it. Stop um, it. Hold on. Let me go on. My list. Who else we got? Um, on a blank now. Uh, Daniel Jacobs. Showed uh, up for a paycheck. I agree, but it's there's still, you know, tough fights for him. Look, the Daniel Jacobs, Charlo fight never happened. That yeah, could have happened. Yeah, I don't know why that didn't happen. I don't, yeah, I don't know I, why. I just look at the I look at the Charlos, man. I, I I just think they're you know they're one of those dudes that are content, you know, fighting these B plus fighters and making million dollar paychecks and then acting like they want to you know want real fights. And then they back off when it's really time. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Since you said that, when Danny Jacobs was in his face saying, "Yo, if you want to make that fight, let's we can do make it happen." Yeah, easily make. After it happen. that, he after that it went quiet. Yeah, and Danny Jacobs was definitely about making it happen. He was yeah. a free agent kind of day. He was with. He's with Eddie Hearn, but he was able to fight. Sign that was fight before. That was before he went to Eddie Hearn, I think. Yeah. So it? I mean, he could have. No, nah, he was with Eddie Hearn. Okay. Um, he could have made that fight happen. So, you know, I, I look at those guys. No, that was HBO right before that. That was HBO. Was he? Yeah, because that was before the Golovkin fight happened. I think. Right. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't. Because Golovkin, when he fought Golovkin, that was HBO. I don't know. Nah, because at that time he had talked about. Remember, he had said to him, "He's like, you're not even touching M's yet." Danny HBO, he was, he was with HBO. Was he? Yeah, oh, it was he's HBO. Big HBO deal, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember, he came back as instead of being a, being, um, uh, I forgot he, what it was. Peter Quill. Quill, yeah, and he changed his yeah, name that, to the Miracle Man. I forgot yeah, what it was before yeah, yeah. He, he started calling himself the Miracle Man. That was a big Man. deal. But I agree with you. That. But the point here is, is you look at his resume, Canelo's it ain't resume, all that. It ain't a all lot that. of these guys, bro, a lot of these other guys, but it's better than. Name me another guy who has a better resume that's that's active. None of them and do, but the guys that he's fought, I mean, like, I would expect them to do the same thing that Canelo. You know, I give Canelo credit here. At least when he has guy that is uh, beneath him, at least he gets him out of there. Yeah, that's true. But I, all right, you, what do you think Canelo would have done to a fucking, a Tony Harrison or a fucking, um, Who's the guy that that uh, he just fought? Cause, cause, you know, like all any of these guys, yeah, he would have washed these fucking guys. He would have washed those guys. You, know you I mean? think like, so? No. Nah. Yeah, bro. I think he would have killed those. I believe. Guys. I believe if he fought Eris Lundy Lara again, I bet you he would lost. Nah, I. Here's the thing, and I'm a Laura fan. I've actually saw him fight down here. Um, he has a fight coming up too. Laura is one of them dudes, bro. That. The way, how about this? The way he fought Canelo, you can't give him. I I cannot give you a win when you didn't come to fight to win. You fought to to not lose. 
You know what I mean? Jumping around, fucking throwing a jab and then bouncing out, throwing fucking seven punches in a round. Like, come on, man. And then just dancing. Like, you're not giving me anything. You know, I can't fight you. You know, I, I can't you. fight you. I hear and you. that's the way I looked at it with Laura. I was like, bro, this guy didn't come to and listen, that was a dangerous ass fight for him. That was right after the uh the Angulo and Angulo, however you say his fucking name. Angulo, yeah. Uh, he and didn't have to take that fight. And they told him not to take the fight. Oscar yep. De La Hoya told him and not it was a, to. It was a dangerous, dangerous fight for him stylistically. And he took it anyways because, you know, Canelo has a hard time with guys that use their legs well. You and know, I, you, and I, I definitely believe if he would have fought like a Jermail Charlo or Jamal Charlo, he would have had a, a hard time. Nah, bro. They, they stand too stationary, man. You know what I mean? They're, they're right there for you to be hit. Like, they're athletic guys and they, they could punch. But they don't – I just feel like they're off balance. There's a perfect example of guys that get off balance a lot. They get off balance because they, they try to throw everything behind their right hands. They just they fall into their punches a little bit. Okay, um, so then, tell, me this, tell me this then. Do you believe that Canelo can be Demetrius Andre? That's a tough one, man. I don't think that's he can be Demetrius. Fight. Here's the thing with a guy like that, bro. He has no – we shouldn't even be talking about him, bro, because he has like people just can't get behind him as a, I, as, as a fan, man. I, I don't care about that. I'm talking about based on pure skill set. Who is he fought? Here's another guy. Who, oh, how, why do you ask? Because here's my theory: is who who is he fought? Like I can't, I don't know because I he has never been truly tested at all. Okay, so when you say that, then this is why. This is what, oh, the, the, okay, I, I can't say that. Um, this <laughs> is why the argument for Errol is so much stronger because the way you're saying that for Canelo, they're going to go, who did but, but, Crawford fight yeah, no, at 147? I, but with, with that argument with them, is that needs to be a 50-50 split with Earl Spence and uh, I, I don't care about that. I'm talking about resume wise. They're gonna go look at look at look at Crawford's resume. They're gonna go look at Spence's right, But you resume. can't say you can't say in that fight, you can't say who's A side and B. Crawford and Spence have both beat legit guys, super legit guys. Both of them. Both of them have beat super legit guys. Both but in their last five fights, whose resume looks the best? Bro, you could easily all right. Who stopped Sean Porter? Who didn't? Who had a rough fight with him? <laughs> who stopped him? That was no an problem. entertaining fight. That was an entertaining fight. You know what I mean? And then he went out there and stopped him. With with uh, Boo Boo, you can't even say who he's fought. You know what I mean? Name me the last three opponents he's had. We, we can't, I can't tell you. We, we can't, but based on the skill set, the ability to move, box, and, and, and do a, everything, I absolutely. bet you, I bet you Canelo ha has a very I, hard time. I agree. I agree with him. But I do think that Canelo has an easier time stopping him. You know what I'm saying? I, I, like, I think that if that guy can come out there, he's a guy, if he can come out there and pitch his A game and be on point, he can win that fight, you know, relatively, I wouldn't say easy, but the same fight we just saw with, with Baval, Baval, whatever. Um, I'm going to take it back to what we originally said. If I'm calling you out and you won't take this fight, Totally agree. And they're both signed to the zone. They're both with, with Eddie Hearn. I, I Eddie I, Hearn, how come you never made that fight? Tell them people. Tell them. I agree. Just tell I them. I totally agree. Just tell them. I totally, I totally agree, man. We, all, know, but we, we all know the truth. Demetrius Andre would be Golovkin and Canelo. He's one of the most feared fighters in that division. 
but I think the Charlo, you know, the Charlo brothers, bro. I you can't get behind I, it. I I can't get behind that. I'm not hearing it from what like I said from what Oscar Valdez said. He's like I have paperwork where I offered him five million dollars. He turned that fight down, and I think. If my memory serves me correct, I think Charlo said he did turn that fight down at the time or his, his team did for whatever reason. They weren't ready. Something like that. If, if my mind serves me correct, if I remember seeing an interview on that. So I, I know that, that that was a fight that they – I still believe they don't want unless the money is right. I heard – uh, uh, from what I heard, they offered Golovkin $40 million to fight Demetrius Andre. Oh, Golovkin, bro. We can't even talk about him anymore, man. I'm so sad that Canelo's even fighting him for a third time, bro. That, well, he has to fight somebody after that. After that, fucking rematch him, immediate rematch or something, or or fight just like you said. Anybody else, but Golovkin is done, bro. I mean, you saw he's been that done one for years. Did. Yeah, he's been. Devinchenko um, gave him a hell of a fight, and yep. I, I thought that Devinchenko won that fight, but. Yep. Yeah, he, so he I looked mean, he looked old that night. He definitely and then he just old. fought that. What do you fight a Chinese guy, right? Uh Murata from Japan. Yeah. 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 And that guy was whooping his fucking ass. You know what I mean? Like that, that guy was over there hiding out with the belt. Yeah. Did yeah, nobody even know he had the belt? <laughs> that's the problem with boxing, though, ain't it? Everybody's got belts these days. I don't even yeah. know who's world champion. And that's a hard thing, bro. Like I tell people, I'm like, man, nowadays, maybe because I do so much boxing, I'm not even paying attention to uh you know, it's got to be a big fight that stands out to me, bro. You know what I mean? At this point, because I'm like, there's a billion guys that have belts. I don't even know who's got belts, intern belts. Fucking Roley's got an intern belt from what I understand. I didn't even know that. You know, I fucking everybody's got belts these yeah. days, bro. Yeah. You know? uh, what do you think about the young boy, uh, Stephen Fulton? Oh, uh, fights, fights at 122, I think, 122. I I honestly haven't even seen much on him. Okay, I've well, heard of him. I've heard him two times now. His his last fight was against Brandon Figueroa. Somebody asked me about him actually the other day. He's nice, bro. Two days ago, somebody sent me a video of him asking what I thought about him. He's nice. He's a good he's boxer, good. but he can switch it up. He can switch it up. You good? Yeah, I've yeah. even peeped him. What do you say? He fights at one twenty two. One twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, man. I don't even. I don't even watch that low weight class. Bro. <laughs> he's a good. <laughs> he's a good fighter though. My girl weighs more than him, you know? Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Nah, yeah, I've never really – I feel bad for all those light-ass dudes, man, because they can never get the paycheck they deserve, huh? Yeah, and, and, and some of them can fight better than these guys that we think think are the, are the best fight, fighters at 154 and 160 and 168, you know? I mean, that's, that's just the money divisions right now, man. All right, let me ask you. Here's a, here's a good question for you. Do you think Tyson Fury is the greatest heavyweight of all time? No. All right, thank God. Thank no. God. Listen, I, I'm not going to lie, bro. After that fight, after his last fight, I said it for about 10 seconds. No, I didn't even say it. No, no. I got I got caught up. I'm not going to lie. I got caught up on the hype because he did that speech and he, he went through his accolades. And I thought about him like, who the fuck has he fought besides Deontay Wilder? Nobody. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he beat Vladimir Klitschko. Old, yeah, old though. He was like 38 years old. 44. He was 44. 40, was he really? I don't know. I'm making it up, but you know, nah, yeah, he was oh, yeah, he was old as shit. So when I think about it, I and I I feel bad because, like I said, Muhammad Ali is another one of my favorite fighters. I grew up, you know, on watching videos with with my dad on him, and that was a guy who fought 15 round wars. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. 
I mean, he no, needs. He's I feel not the like greatest fighter of all more. time. He has a he has a lot more to do before he can say he's yep. the greatest heavyweight. Of I think all time. I he think he needs to fight the winner of Joshua Usyk, and if it is Usyk, then he needs to turn around and fight his own the guy from his own country, Joshua, and then he can ride off into the sunset. I wouldn't yeah, even be I mad agree. at him. I wouldn't be mad. I think at that him. he you could say at that point maybe he's a top ten heavyweight, but maybe. I think yeah, you know, yeah, he hasn't fought quite the the competition of guys you know no. what I mean? so no um i, I, I think i think those are the only home. i think those are the only two fights for him it's to fight Usyk, fight joshua because i think fighting joshua even if it's Usyk first i still think that sells out ninety thousand over in the uk boom yeah get that and one out the way i think i think he beats both those guys i'm not i think tyson fury is the greatest heavyweight yeah. of our you know, of this era right of this era yeah, yeah. Era, you will. Of this yeah. Era. yeah but um yeah, I think that he's he still hasn't fought anybody that great. You know what I mean? Besides the fights that he had with Wilder, which were fucking probably the best heavyweight fights I've ever seen in my life. Especially you that know, third but, one. Oh, what man, the that was fuck? The, yeah, that was the greatest heavyweight fight that I've ever watched. Wilder, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was awesome. That was a great fight. So what the fuck, man? Yeah, but I think he uh, he has more work to do for sure. Oh, okay, I want to I want because I don't really. Okay, Deontay Wilder. Do you think something went wrong as far as teaching him, like we were talking about earlier, like basics? Something has to go uh, wrong, right? Because the, the when he gets frazzled or he gets off course, he goes right into let me throw this bomb. Yeah, and Tyson Fury said it best. He's like, I don't care if he's trained with a new trainer, he's going to go back to what he does. And he did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he started off with a decent little game plan, throwing that jab to the body in the third fight, you know, and then sure enough, going into the third round, he just went back to tight. Um, yeah, as soon as he got, as he got touched, as soon as he got touched. Looking for that. So, yeah, there was a lot of problems because I was a kid that, you know, again, man, there's so many trainers that, and I've been there, I've worked with some big names, you know, early on in my, my career in MMA, not in boxing, that you often get yourself into like, a yes man role because it's like, Hey man, I'm making good money. I'm working with the top guy. I don't want to fuck up this job and this, you know, this check that I have coming my way. Yeah. Um, and I think what happens with guys like the Deontay Wilder is, is that guys aren't like, Hey, listen, man, you need to work on this. We need to focus on this. You know what I mean? You become yes, men. you know, especially these guys that are touching five, 10% of, you know, a couple million dollar paydays, you know what I mean? So I think what happened with Deontay Wilder was that he was a, you know, fucking bomber and um you know it was working until it wasn't you know what i mean yeah. and there was a lot of signs that you have fights like he would have fights with um what the hell is his name man um is it ortiz what's his first name luis uh, ortiz luis and ortiz who's whooping your ass you know what i mean and then you blast him great you got him out of there but like we need to go back to the drawing board and say hey why did we have these hard times in here why why were you getting hit with this shot? Why? What were you doing here wrong? And I don't think any of that ever happened with him, Damn. you know. And and it's tough because listen, man, I, I get it. You know, there's a guy who just he would say it all the time. He's like, I got 12 rounds to hit you one time. You know what I mean? It takes me 12 seconds to win a fight. It takes you out 12 yeah, rounds. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And that's that's all he needed. Yeah. Know? So it's and listen, yeah. I'll, I'll say it all the time. Bro, Deontay Wilder was another one who you could say is one of the best heavyweights of our of our time as well because yeah. he. In my opinion, he has fought better opposition than Tyson Fury right now. You know what I mean? So, and, and I'm sure you've heard. I'm sure you've heard that uh, that uh, that interview with Emmanuel Stewart, where he said, mm -hmm. 
when when uh Fury and Wilder clash. Yep. The greatest heavyweight will be decided of their time between those two when they fight. Yep. And he now there was a guy. He, you know, if if Deontay Wilder would have got with a trainer like that, a Oof. lot of things would have been different. You know oh, what I mean? Man. But I think he just, just like you said, I think he got with some yes men. You know, guys that were just collecting a. Do you deck. do you really think it was yes man, or do you think it was the fact that he was just probably thinking, dude, I don't need to do all that shit. I think it was a combination of both. It had to be. They probably tried to correct him a couple of times because there was no doubt you don't you don't look at Deontay Wilder and say, hey, this guy's off balance. He's fucking, you know, he's not using his fundamentals and his small basics. He was also making it very hard on himself to land that big right hand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He was, you know, sometimes it was it wasn't that hard, bro. You throw a nice jab. You know what I mean? You switch up the angles on your jab and the timing, you would have been all right. So I think it was both. I think maybe they tried to have the conversation. He wasn't having it. And yeah. that's, you know, they shut it yeah. down instead. And of- it's, it's not, not to be disrespectful. It's just a critique. It's not saying he's horrible or anything like that. But it's just, just from, from watching boxing for so long. And you look at the fighters that a guy like Emmanuel Stewart had. He had Tommy Hearns, who wasn't like this big athletic guy moving oh, around the sure. ring. But he knew how to use his feints, a foot feint. Yep. He knew how to use, use a hand range. feint. Yeah, he yep. used his range. range he used his hand feints. Yep. He knew how to set up his punches before he landed the big right hand. So, and I think, I think you get a lot of that, though, man. I think with these trainers these days, is sometimes I look at some of these guys and I think that, you know, in pro boxing, these guys are going to these guys because they have the name, right? Like the Robert Garcia's, the Freddie Roaches, the Eddie Reynoso's. Like, hey, man, they're already established names, but there's so many great trainers out there that, that a lot of guys haven't heard of or maybe not working with that are that are true good teachers in this world. You know what I mean? But it's up to that guy to have, you know, have his say in what he wants to do. You know what I mean? And um, that's why what I've learned is I've as a as a trainer is this is a business for me. You know what I mean? I don't I can't take it personal anymore. I've learned over the years how to not do that. And I'm not going to allow my fighters to dictate my business side of my of boxing. You know what I mean? Because I have a lot of fitness clients and clients that I'm teaching out of boxing. That's where my money really comes from. So at the end of the day, I've made it so, hey, man, if a fighter don't want to train with me, sorry, man. It's not taking any – I'm not losing any money. I'm not losing any sleep over it. I think a lot of these guys, they put their chips in one, you know, one hand and, you know, they hope that works out, you know? Okay. Okay. Hey man, I can keep talking to you for forever, bro, about this shit, man. Yeah, yeah, we 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 are reaching. We we we've been talking for a good minute, man. For a nice while. Boxing talk, bro. Hell yeah, yeah. about it too, man. Hell yeah, but uh, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast with me, man. Please tell the people about your Stay Ready Athletics, your Zoom classes, and everything. Yeah, man, you could uh, you can find me at Kevin uh, underscore Gleason seven on Instagram, and I have a um, an online course that I offer. It's a subscription based um, where I drop content once a week, every Monday morning. I drop a different video covering, you know, all kinds of different fundamentals, basics, advanced moves. Um, so you can check me out there at Stay Ready Training Camp on Instagram. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate you jumping on here with me, Coach Kevin Gleason uh hopefully one day soon we can get back into talking about some more boxing man absolutely man um, uh, this has been awesome i love this i love this i can sit and talk about this shit forever bro appreciate you having me on brother yes sir and for everyone listening remember the mission statement when you're striving for greatness god never puts you in the driver's seat if it's taken we are done